Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast presented by the Denver Post. This is sports writer Kyle Newman, joined by my colleague Ryan O'Halloran. We've got a packed show for you here today, previewing training camp 2021 as fans return to Dove Valley for the first time in a couple years, talking about quarterbacks, injury concerns, how Uncle Vic can prevent a slow start, and things for fans to watch out there at the UC Health Training Center. So we'll start off, Ryan, with the subject that's always a subject on the podcast and in Broncos country since Peyton retired. Quarterbacks, uh, Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, Drew, some shaky decision-making in minicamp. Teddy, the noodle didn't look so strong. I feel like Drew has a half-step, maybe, on Teddy, the newcomer. The newcomer. What's your take on just where the quarterback battle is at heading into training camp? Well, in uh, Tuesday's paper coming up, we're doing a staff roundtable, and we talked about quarterback and who has the edge. I'm going to go 180 degrees from you, and I think uh, uh, other folks, I think Teddy has like a five-mile lead. Five-mile, not five's pace, five-mile. Five mile. Wow. I think he'd have to be completely and utterly terrible during camp to not start against the Giants, and here are a couple reasons why. When in doubt, pick the guy who's been acquired by the current GM. That's Teddy. When in doubt, pick the guy who has more experience. That's Teddy. And here's the big thing. You look at their schedule, and I think I said this the night the schedule came out. They are at the Giants, whose offense was worse than the Broncos last year, and Saquon Barkley may still be coming back from his ACL. Then you go to Jacksonville, rookie quarterback Trevor Lawrence, and then you have the Jets at home, rookie quarterback Zach Wilson. If I'm Vic Fangio, I'm saying, hey, my defense is going to be able to hem those guys in. I want a quarterback who can manage the game, don't turn over, hit the play action, rely on Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams. To me, that's an easy solution. It's Teddy Bridgewater. That said, I don't agree with it. I think Drew Locke, if he has a good camp, should be 50-50 competition. He should start. And here, look at it from the psychological side before I throw it back to you. Can you go Teddy Drew? I don't think so. I think if Drew Locke doesn't start the opener, you've lost him mentally a little bit. It's easier to go to Teddy later than to go to Locke later. Well, to your point, and we'll talk about this a little later in the show here today, maybe Vic Fangio wanting to be a little more risk-adverse. Like you said, they got a pretty easy schedule out of the gate. You can't afford any stumbles like Vic and Co. have had the last couple years. And you look at Drew Locke's, you know, tied for the league lead in 15 interceptions last year, a lot of just kind of gunslinger mistakes, not seeing coverages, not processing coverages. To your point, maybe maybe Drew Locke is the better quarterback and maybe so in camp, but they may want to be a little risk adverse, and that means going with Teddy for week one. Yeah, that's my lean on that. And, you know, Drew Locke, you know, for fans who come out to practice, you're going to see a guy who makes more big plays than Teddy Bridgewater. You're also going to see a guy that maybe makes more mistakes than Teddy Bridgewater. And from a defensive play caller slash head coach perspective, like Big Fangio's chair, he's going to go to the guy that doesn't keep both teams in the game at least initially. I could be totally wrong on that. The preseason games may be, uh, you know, may dictate, hey, you have no choice. But um, I, I just I, I just would be very surprised if it's not uh, Teddy Bridgewater in week one. Then after that, you give him two, three starts. Then you, uh, then you just regroup. And, you know, whoever gets the week one start, you play well, you keep the job, period. 
Again, folks, first in Orange podcast, that's Ryan O'Halloran. This is Kyle Newman talking Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. And, of course, we'll be monitoring that quarterback battle throughout training camp, denverpost.com slash Broncos. And another point for you to make before we yeah. switch to the injuries. Yeah, thinking a lot on quarterback, you know, Vic Fangio joked how it's going to be a coin flip who takes the first snap in uh, training camp practice number one next Wednesday. I want to ask him about it. How's the flip going? Um, you know, because then the next the next one is okay. Who starts the Minnesota opener? My my, you know, if this is a real competition, Locke starts one preseason game. Bridgewater starts the second one. Now does Locke get that first nod in the first game because he, yeah. he's the incumbent? Does incumbent status mean anything, or new GM bringing in Teddy kind of negate that in your mind? I think the incumbent part was removed when they were strictly 50-50 during the offseason program. So. That third preseason game is like, okay, is that just a Brett Rippon game? You know, who knows? I mean, I think ideally that's what they want it to be, whereas those first two preseason games, there has been a separation combined with the 20-plus practices. You know, it would be nice for our deadlines for that Broncos preview magazine, too, if that quarterback situation is all set and tidied up by... Well, you know, it's a sexy topic. You know, that's what we want on the cover. So we have to fit... But I don't think it's going to be quarterback. Hey, uh, folks, on a real note, be sure to watch out for that Broncos preview mag. It will be out Sunday, September 12th, 12th. Yep. the week one opener for the Broncos. So in your in your uh, driveways, mailboxes, and at King Supers all around town. So check it out. Again, first in Orange podcast, Kyle Newman, Ryan O'Halloran. So moving on to the second part of today's show, heading into training camp. You know, Broncos have a lot of promise in a lot of spots. They also have some injury concerns. And you tie that promise and that injury concern and Von Miller is really in the spotlight for both of those facets. You know, he missed all 2020 with that ankle injury that required season-ending surgery uh, just a few days before the week one opener. So Broncos brought him back on the tag. Broncos picked up his option. So he's back. He's on a team-high cap hit this year. Will George Payton get his money worth? Why don't these gonna get $22 million worth? Yeah, because that would be like money's 15, worth or yeah, impact relative worth. to age. Yeah, you know, it's reason to watch Vaughn in camp because even when he's coming off a healthy season, he is generally taking it easy. And you know, during uh, your one on one's pass rush, he'll take one rep, so that's all he should take at this point, right? What I'm interested in, and I'll start with Miller because there's a couple of guys to mention, is do they want to push him a little bit to make sure he's ready to go and handle a 60-65% snap load against the Giants. So that's one. I think Bradley Chubb is I think Bradley Chubb's a concern until he proves that he's not. I mean, they waited six months for this ankle surgery, which I didn't get. It was very weird timing. Yeah. It seemed like he was trying to push through it in his off-season workouts where, I mean, why, like we've talked about, why not just get that cleaned up right after the season? Yeah, and... I mean, I want to probably dig into this a little bit is with a bone spur, to me that doesn't feel like it's self-healing. So, and also one thing is, okay, is he more susceptible to bone spurs in the future now? That could be. So Bradley Chubb's activity, Cortland Sutton coming off his ACL, I would manage his work completely, make sure he's ready for week one. Uh, Vic Fangio has been uh, pretty consistent in maintaining this summer that uh, saying Bassey, the corner, Alberto, the tight end, will not be full go to start a camp. Couple other guys, Shelby Harris, didn't practice at all during the offseason to see where he's at. He had a skin condition or something. And then uh, Mike Purcell coming off that foot injury. You know, a lot of these guys you want to say, okay, you know what you can do. We know we're going to get week one, but you got to build up some, you know, some calluses, some game conditioning. 
And so th I, I do think there's some injury concerns that need to be addressed by the eye test. As long as, as long as the longer these guys stay out, the more concerned it becomes. But right now we don't know who's even going to be sitting out the first day. And Shelby Harris, like you said, that skin procedure, we don't have much detail on that, but who knows if it was just a veteran taking it easy in minicamp and hope you full go for training camp. That's at least what Broncos Well, know. Well, I, I think Shelby was saying, if Mike Purcell ain't practicing, <laughs> I think I'm going to sit out too. So, But, uh, you know, there's going to be nicks during camp. You just want to limit them. And uh, but those are some pretty big names we mentioned. And, and until uh, you see them out there in eleven on eleven, they are going to be limited. And then another guy to mention too on the defensive side of the ball, Ryan Bryce Callahan. Yeah. Now he had that foot injury kept him out his full whole first year as a Bronco. Then limited him last year, different foot injury. Now they got a wealth of cornerbacks this year as opposed to last year with the addition of Darby and Fuller out there. I anticipate the Broncos, you know, playing to his skill set for one, but also trying to limit his time on the field to keep him healthy this year. Bryce Callahan would be a bubble wrap candidate for me in, the, in camp because clearly he knows what he's doing within the framework of the defense. With especially Fangio's system, yeah. which he's played in back to Chicago. So he can get, you know, for him it's like riding a bike. You know, to me, I, I want to get Callahan just enough work where he feels sharp in week one. And... You know, one of the things we'll debate next week in, in, in the Denver Post is, you know, you have four corners, Sertain, Darby, Fuller, Callahan. You know, who's the odd corner out? Well, I think we're pretty unanimous with Callahan, but it's not for a negative reason. The negative reason is because of his health. And I think you want to be able to manage him uh, so he can get to the second half of the season, you know, in one piece and upright because he is still a very effective player. First Norwich Podcast, that's Ryan Haller, and this is Kyle Newman talking Broncos ahead of the start of 2021 training camp in Dove Valley next week. Of course, Ryan and I will be all out there along with our photographers and other colleagues, so be sure to give us a, a follow on the website, denverpost.com slash Broncos, for continued coverage. Moving on to the next part of the show here, Broncos 1-7 over the last two years through the first four games of the season combined. So, Vic Fangio can ill afford that sort of start this year, especially, like we mentioned, with the sort of cupcake schedule they got stacked up in the first month. Yeah, I mean, you know, the schedule is favorable if you are any kind of good. You know, and I'm not saying they could start 3-0 and and finish 10-7, and but they need to do better. I mean, here you mentioned 1-7. and Here's the other stat. 0-7 in September. That's pathetic. And That's a rough start for our readership there, right? Yeah, and uh, you know, although I, I have experiences is, is if a season does go off the cliff, people want to read about the misery. Uh, right now the Broncos are in the worst kind of space. They're like, they're going to win enough to be, say they're okay, but they're not going to lose enough to be like, okay, we're in the race for the number one pick. But right. I asked Vic about that during minicamp. Is hey, the slow starts are going to be an issue until you prove they're not. You know, what have you guys talked about as a staff about the handle-handle camp? Um, two years ago, they had a five-game preseason. He played the starters in games two and three. To me, that was not enough. You had a new quarterback. You had new receivers. You had a new playbook. They went at an Oakland game. Didn't know, it didn't look like they knew what they were doing, and I think that hurt them. You know, last year, you have some injuries in the Pittsburgh game. You know, obviously, no Miller. You know, Vic sort of defended himself by saying, well, we played some close games. So what? You still lost. And you blew games against Chicago and Jacksonville two years ago at home at the buzzer. So, 
to me, it's okay. You have to balance. I, I would play the starters more in the preseason, specifically on offense when you, you know, with both quarterbacks. See if you can find some kind of rhythm where you don't have to spend the first three quarters of week one trying to find yourself. I mean, there are no excuses with the second year in the system with the guys they have coming back. So, uh, I mean, I love for more 11 on 11. I love for some goal line, some skulls to be cracking, some build some toughness. I don't think that's going to happen, but. Obviously, to see if the Broncos go back to what Vic said earlier, okay, well, we're probably going to play our quarterbacks more in the preseason than some teams do. I don't think that's going to be the case. But uh, yeah, what, how would you handle? What would what would be your elixir to a, besides better players to a, prevent a, another terrible start? Well, if you're Fangio, you know you you might want to feel gun shy. Your gut might want to feel gun shy in terms of getting the team amped up, ready to go, and, and the physicality and practices and. And having that mindset you need to have heading into week one. But I think you got to kind of tend to err on the, the side of aggression here. If you're a big fan, Joe, you might be coaching for your job, especially if you, part, especially if you start poorly or just have a poor season overall. Uh, I mean, you got to have these guys ready for week one. And, and maybe that's a big fan, Joe, being a little more of a hard ass, you know, with his team and, and really cracking the whip leading up to that week one to really get them honed in. Now, of course, the quarterback thing is a whole another question mark that's pretty much out of his hands. So that's that's a big thing to consider. Yeah, and, and I, I'm with you. Is is Vic's third year of his first chance as head coach? This is it. If I'm him, I think, I'm going to do this my way. Right. I think this is what we should do in practice. I think this is what we should have physical periods where it's not live, but it's pretty dang close. And or and also one thing I would stress is I, I would practice situations as much as possible. Third down, red zone, hurry up. Because that has killed them in the past yeah. couple of years, especially the start of the season, winnable games slipping away where the offense or defense just couldn't close it out yeah. in situational football. I mean, I would make these practices as competitive as possible without risking your players' health. That means red zone, where the chirping starts. That means hurry up where guys got to stay on the field and suck it up their conditioning. So if I'm Vic Fangio, I want to test my guys during camp to see who's ready to go week one because it's going to be hot in New York that day. And then the next week in Jacksonville for a 1 o'clock kick in Florida, it's going to be hotter. First Norwich podcast, Ryan O'Halloran, Kyle Newman closing the show here. So Broncos have 11, 12 uh, scheduled open workouts at the team's facility in Inglewood starting next week. First Workout in full pads is August second. So see, well, I'll interrupt you. That's the other part. Let's see if Vic takes advantage of that and goes pads the first day he can. He should. He should, and the fans surely will hope for that to happen. As we mentioned at the top of the show, first training camp in a couple of years will where fans will be allowed after coronavirus pandemic closed down training camp to the public last year. Uh, lawn chairs, umbrellas are prohibited. Besides that, you know it's open nine to twelve thirty practices every day. Parking lot adjacent to the Pat Boland Fieldhouse opens at 7.30 a.m. No no autographs, though, Ryan, so that's kind of a downer for the Sears camp. Yeah, it is, and um, it's the society we're in for this year. Yeah, a couple things for fans to watch is, one, don't get carried away with who's catching passes from who. Think about this receiver group with Zach Azani. He runs 13, 14 guys. You're going to see... The lowest guy in the depth chart catches passes from Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater because they just do a straight rotation. They want to save the legs of their star, uh, guys. We didn't even mention K.J. Hamler on the injury front. Real quick on K.J., got to get on the field. 
guys stay on the field. I don't think he's a candidate for breakout player until he proves he can stay healthy. Yeah, but especially those hamstrings. But digressing, mm-hmm. uh, for fans to watch is red zone because he, that gets competitive and. Corners don't want to let the touchdown be scored. The offense wants to get across the end zone so they can get some bow. Uh, one-on-ones, corners versus receivers, when they have pads on, you're allowed contact. So press coverage, see, who, see who's a, you know, a route runner, see who's on the same page as your quarterbacks. And then one-on-ones, pass rush, pass protection. Bob Miller has a running commentary during this, so that's always entertaining. And, and, and also you get to see, hey, Miller versus Bulls. Uh, you know, Chubb versus Bobby Massey, the new right tackle, and just see how they work together and see who shows like good balance and you know it doesn't you know how to recover after getting beat. So you know those are things that, and one thing I always watch, it's always keep an eye on the head man. I always see where Vic's paying attention. Maybe one day he's paying more attention to this position group. Maybe it's because he didn't like what he saw the other day. So he's gonna spend most of his time with defense, but Obviously, see if he spends a little bit more time with the quarterbacks, so he can have more of an in-person, live evaluation for that for how that competition's going. This is what you're like 78th training camp. Oh, well, it's my 18th year covering the league, but it's not my 18th training camp because at least since 2008, because I was at the Olympics. So as I said, I had to go to China to avoid covering training camp. Uh, and then 2012 started in Jacksonville on Labor Day, so. Uh, Let's go, let's go 16th camp, and you know, like a lot of stuff covering this league, it's not as fun as it used to be. Hey, at least we'll get in some in-person access at this training camp, yeah. so hopefully readers will have some more expanded coverage, not just coming off of Zoom interviews. Yeah, and you know, if you're a fan of writing off transcripts, that's going to be you know, you know, your boat this year too, but you try to you know, at least uh, talk to some people and request some interviews and talk to some assistant coaches and you know, basically, I mean, people say, you just want to talk to him, get the dirt. And that's not true. I just need insight. Hey, you know, I go up to a coach during training camp and I say, hey, this is what I'm seeing from number X. Coach may say, hey, you're on the right track, whatever. Or he may say, hey, he's got to work on this, this, and this. Okay, I learned something. So that's, uh, that, you know, that's the plus. But, you know, it's 12 practices open to the fans. First couple will sort of be like mini camp practices for the put pads on. But after that, uh, you know, I think it's entertaining. I will stress, there is no shade out there. Sunscreen and water, folks. Yes. And good, it's in 9.15 noon. But uh, bring, your, bring your ball caps and your sunscreen and uh, bring your water because it can get a little toasty out there. First in March podcast, that's Ryan O'Halloran. This is Kyle Newman. Appreciate you listening in. And of course, head to DenverPost.com slash Broncos for continued coverage of the team throughout training camp. Follow us on Twitter at Kyle Newman DP and at Ryan O'Halloran. And until next time, folks, take it easy.